Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. This week I'm reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, and there's such a famous passage in Ecclesiastes, a wonderful poem. I wanted to read that with you. Uh, First, for some context, Ecclesiastes is a book written by Solomon, Israel's wisest king. And it is written later in life as he reflects back on life. And it's really his attempt to put it all together or to find the the meaning of life. And as he looks at life, um, he looks from his wisdom and from the standpoint of reason. And he says that all of life is, uh, well, the, the Hebrew word is hevel. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. But the word itself means that it's a vapor. It's like a mist of smoke. Um which means that it, it's fleeting. It's there for a moment, and then it makes no difference. It's gone, and it's left no mark on the world. Um, it's also like a vapor in the sense that when you reach out, like he's trying to do in this moment, to understand it, if you reach out and try to grasp a vapor or smoke smoke puff, you can't grasp onto the meaning of life because it's, it's a vapor. Um, so Solomon starts Ecclesiastes by testing the value of the things that humans attempt to do to find meaning in their lives as we are all attempting to grab that vapor. Um, and Solomon, um, by the time he gets to chapter 3, he has seen and, and written about the futility of trying to discover purpose in life through wisdom or reason or experience or uh, seeking success and accomplishment or wealth or Um, being hedonistic and just seeking to have pleasure in life. Uh, He returns to just observing all the cycles of life through faith instead. So in chapter 3, he writes this beautiful and now famous poem, and it it puts together the moments of life um, and and sees them sort of in in paradox uh, with one another sometimes. It's in these things that uh, we see God's timing and God's sovereignty uh, in chapter 3 in this poem, he invites us to uh, have a different perspective. Um, and he says about life in chapter 3 that you can't control the moments of your life and the things that come your way. But what we can control is our perspective uh, as we look on it from a faith, uh, out of faith and out of our relationship with the Father as opposed to just out of our own reason. So anyway, let's start to read some of it. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Now right off the bat, uh, if you had been reading the whole book, something might jump out with you to you, and that's the phrase, under the heavens. Because in the first part of the book, he says um, that everything is a vapor. Everything under the sun is a vapor. Under the sun being the key phrase that, that sort of implies all in the natural world, in the natural course of life, everything is, is just meaningless and futile, and you can't grasp onto the meaning of it. But when he gets to this point, Here he says everything under the heavens, which is different from under the sun, right? Under the heavens sort of implies um, the control of the heavenly creator, of our Father who gives meaning to the moments in life. So he says there's a time for everything and a season for everything, and that time is appointed by the Father. It's not just random. It's not just meaningless. It has meaning in God's season and God's timing. So uh, verse 2 says, There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. 
Um, a lot of the book of Ecclesiastes, he's chasing the meaning of death. He really gets focused on death. and Death helps him to define the meaninglessness of life from a reasonable standpoint as he reasons it out because death attacks all of us. It attacks the, the wealthy person just as much as the poor, the wise person just as much as the fool, uh, the evil person just as much as the righteous person. Death is this great equalizer, and uh, no matter what we've done or what we have in life, death comes to us all. Um, but here, as he thinks about God's timing and sees it from God's perspective, he says that there's an appointed time, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot um, and I think it's interesting that that phrase comes right after the time to be born and the time to die. Maybe it gives us a little insight into um, how he's thinking about uh, death in this moment be- as he thinks of it uh, maybe in terms of the way a farmer sees uh, that time to plant is a time to put that seed into the ground, and then there's a time to pluck up or to harvest um, and so perhaps that gives us some insight about how the Father sees our birth and our death. He, he puts us into a specific moment in time that is, that is just right. It's not random. It is just the moment that God chooses for us. And there's a moment when he comes to harvest our life, when our life, no matter how it seems to us, in the Father's economy, it has come to its fullness. And there's nothing else that we can grasp out of this life. And then he, he harvests us. Um, verse 3. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. Um, now, the word kill right here, I want to point out, is not the same word that um, as the Hebrew word for murder. So it is, does not mean that there's a time to murder people. Um, but if you think about from Solomon's perspective, his own father, David, was uh, the one who uh, sent uh a flat stone, if you remember, and killed a giant named Goliath. And there in that moment, there was a time uh, to take that life because the success and the future of the kingdom and of his country, Israel, depended on him doing that in that moment. So there, there's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to make a difference in the life of a person by uh, bringing healing a time to tear down and a time to build up. Um, that speaks to me of the um, the moments in life when um, when something has become uh, no longer valuable or helpful in our lives, and there's a time to take it down, as opposed to those moments when there's something in the future that needs to be prepared for, and so we need to build up and be ready for it. Verse four: uh, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. That verse speaks to me about um, celebrating and feeling and really being present in the moment for those great moments in life or those difficult moments in life. Um, we, sh- we should celebrate uh, and not let those wonderful moments pass by us. They're, they're gifts from the Father. And when we stop to recognize them and celebrate them, we're really celebrating the Father, who is, um, as James says, he is the giver of all the good gifts that we've ever known in our lives. But also those difficult moments, those are moments to stop and, and to mourn, to lament, uh, to experience the pain of. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, happy are those, he says, who, who experience the pain of the world and, and sit in that moment and feel it. 
um, Jesus himself in, in John chapter 11, I think it is, when, when uh, he goes to bring Lazarus back from the dead, uh, he meets Lazarus's sisters. And uh, there's that moment where the Bible records that Jesus weeps. He feels the pain that they are going through, and he, he expresses it. He, he laments in that moment and, and has genuine moment of grief, even though he knows Lazarus is about to come out of that grave. Uh, he grieves along with those who are, who are grieving. Verse 5, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Uh, a time to gather stones and to scatter and to scatter them. Um, I think that is. I think of that as um, being an agricultural use. I think what he's talking about here is that there's a time to clear out the stones that are cluttering a, a ground so that that you can uh, plow it and make it useful for uh, for harvest. Uh, and then there's a time to gather stones, which they would do to build houses and and, and make things. So um, there's moments in our lives that we need to get rid of the clutter, the things that are uh, keeping us from being productive. Uh, and then there's moments in our lives um, that are valuable for us to uh, pull resources together to prepare for uh, something in the future, to build something, uh, to create something. A time to embrace and a time to uh, refrain from embracing. I think that it's a powerful gift the Father has given us, the idea of, of physical embrace. Um, there, It's important for us as as uh, humans to use this gift that God has given us to have physical touch, to express affection. Um, sometimes that, that hug, that embrace that you give is more powerful than, than any words uh, if you've ever been through that moment of grief and someone comes to hug you, you, you know the power of a hug. On the other hand, there are moments and relationships that are inappropriate to, to express uh, physical affection. So maybe that's what he's talking about here. There's a time to refrain, a time to have self-discipline. Um, also, maybe what he's referring to here is there's a time to embrace someone to feel their pain or add to their joy. But then there's a time maybe to not do that and instead stand beside them and uh, act in some other ways to show support or help. Um, verse 6, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Um, on my first reading of this, in my mind I was thinking of searching for a person uh, and then giving up on that search, but I don't think that's necessarily what he's talking about here. But I, I do think in in life there uh, we go on searches for um, many different things, and uh, sometimes those searches are productive, and sometimes we need to recognize that um, there's a time to move on and to stop searching, um, a time to keep and to throw away. Uh, again, sort of speaks to um, there's there's things in our lives that that we need to see the value of, and they need to remain in our lives and become fixtures in our lives. And yet, there are things that are just clutter. There um, there's so many things that we bring to us that um, don't have eternal value, and we need to declutter uh, spiritually, emotionally, even physically of things from time to time. Verse seven: a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to uh, tear, uh, I think the reference here is um, when the Jew, 
ancient Hebrews, Jewish people um, grieved, they would tear their clothes as an outward sign of what they felt on the inside. And uh, when their t- period of mourning was over, they would mend those clothes again. And um, so that's a beautiful picture of what happens on the inside. And then ultimately that moment when it is time for us to experience God's healing and, and uh, God's mending in, in our lives. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Um, Solomon had so much to say about the way we speak in the book of Proverbs, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode of Choir Talks for some discussion on that. And then he says there's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Well, that sounds like a difficult verse. Um, Hate doesn't sound like anything that there should be a time for in our lives. Um, but both those emotions are true and real emotions in the human experience. And um, if you think about hating people, then that verse is confusing um, because Jesus tells us that if we hate somebody in our heart in the Sermon on the Mount, he says if we hate somebody in our heart, that is the same thing in God's sight as murdering them. Um, and yet uh, the Bible tells us that God hates evil uh, and that he admonishes us to hate evil and to love the things that are good. So when you think about that, there are things in this world um, that um, that our enemy has introduced into our society and our culture, and, and man has introduced into our society and culture, and they are they're detestable, and, and we hate the outcomes that they bring, the violence that they bring, the hatred that they bring. Uh, we hate those things. After this poem, he comes back and he says in verse 11 that God has made everything beautiful in its time. And that just seems like a summary uh, statement to me. God is the master artist and, and he has made everything appropriate or right or beautiful in its own time, in its own season. Um, when my grandmother died, we were going through her things and uh, I found in her Bible a little poem and I don't remember the poem, but the, I remember the title. It was called Trust the Master Weaver. And the picture the poem painted was of seeing a tapestry uh, from underneath and seeing how it looked like chaos from underneath and just looked really unfinished. But on the other side, it was beautiful, and, and, and it brought together a picture that had meaning and brought beauty. And uh, so I think that's sort of what he is saying here that God has made everything beautiful in his time from God's economy, from God's perspective, there's a beautiful tapestry, even though often we are on the bottom side of that tapestry and we see only the mess and the unfinished part or what seems unfinished to us. And then he finishes off in verse 12. He says, there is, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. So here's what is good in life, he says. Um, find what is good and do what is good. And by doing so, you are becoming a worshiper of the Father who has created good in this world. You're recognizing what he has made that is good and put in your life that is good. And uh, he says, when you find these things, that you have found uh, the gift of God in your life. Um, the, when we treat the opportunities of life as a gift from God, then, then we can enjoy all that we do. Uh, when we have godly perspective, um, a perspective that comes out of our faith. So celebrate the moments that God gives you. They're a gift. 
And when you see them that way, you are worshiping the Father who is the giver of good gifts. Have a great day.